Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420. The answer is we get underway at eight minutes after nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 22nd morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Coming up in about one hour uh, from now, we are going to speak with Kurt Schlichter, senior columnist at townhall.com. He's also an attorney. He's also a retired military uh, Army Colonel, and uh, he is not shy. <laughs> he is very outspoken. We're going to talk to him about a number of things, including the move for impeachment this morning that we will discuss straight up and right off the right off of the top, and also about adversity scores and fundamental fairness in the United States. Obviously, it is a big story. Obviously, it is uh, an ongoing and developing story, and we're going to talk to uh, Kurt Schlichter about that. He's got a lot of thoughts. Yes, they are talking about impeachment this morning. Nancy Pelosi has finally buckled under the pressure of her far-left colleagues in the House, even though Nancy Pelosi herself has kind of uh, suggested that she's not all about impeachment. She doesn't think that's the right way to go because she knows it's not going to go anywhere in the Senate anyway. She says we should really just uh, push and, and, and beat him at the ballot box in 2020. But the fact that her far-left colleagues are just hell-bent on this and have been since the day that Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton, she is finally at least willing to sit down and talk Texas about it. Texas Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee wants to get the ball rolling on impeachment. To override lawlessness, you must do your job. Republican Senator John Barrasso. Let them, there's going to be no appetite for that in the United States Senate. Calls for impeachment growing after former White House counsel Don McGahn defied a subpoena to testify before the House Judiciary Committee. Democrats want to press him on Robert Mueller's finding that President Trump pressed McGahn to have the special counsel removed. In other words, what you just heard was confirmation that <laughs> the Democrats want a Mueller do-over. Well, we thought we could have Mueller remove him from office 
Mueller couldn't find anything despite 25 to $35 million, thousands of documents subpoenaed, hundreds of witnesses testifying, and on and on and on and on. We couldn't find a doggone thing, so we're calling a do-over. I mean, after all, a presidential term is four years. We've only had Trump under investigation for two. That means we still have two to go. There are two more years in his presidency. We've got two more years of investigating to do. And if we have to redo the investigation that the first guy did, well, then that's what we'll do. Don McGahn was already investigated. Don McGahn already testified. Don McGahn has already uh, been adjudicated in this case. And guess what? We want him back again. And if they won't give him to us, well, then we'll subpoena him because, well, again, we have two years of new investigating to do. And if he defies that subpoena, which, of course, he did under the president's direction, well, then now we are going to begin impeachment proceedings. It is simply unbelievable how demented these people are. You know, we, we talk about uh, TDS, we, you know, in a, in a just kind of a jovial way, TDS being Trump derangement syndrome, but it's really not comedic. It's really not funny. It's really sad, and quite frankly, it's really scary because some of the people with the derangement syndrome are in positions of power. Some people are in positions of power. They can actually uh, make decisions that impact the people of the United States, impact the presidency of the United States. And that's what we're finding out, is that eventually the impeachment that was called for long before the Mueller investigation even began is, is, is coming. The steps are being taken. I should probably point out, you know, the obvious here, This isn't because of what the Mueller report found. It isn't because of Don McGahn not testifying. It isn't. You know who else doesn't want to testify? Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller doesn't want to testify, especially being used as a political prop either. Bob Mueller, the man who ran the whole doggone thing, essentially is saying, no, I'll pass on being politicized by testifying before a closed-door hearing and then having you go out there and explain what was said here without the context. No, I'll pass on being politicized, thanks very much. Now, he's going to eventually testify, but he wants it to be public testimony, and he has the right to do that. But the bottom line here, like I say, is it it has nothing to do with what Bob Mueller found or didn't find. And impeachment has nothing to do with crimes that have been committed. Impeachment was called for by these psychopaths by these TDS-infected individuals literally the night Hillary Clinton lost. Impeach them! Don't worry, H. We're still with her. We'll get them out of there. This train was moving prior to the election, if you want to be real about it. This train, this impeachment train, started off down the tracks before Donald Trump ever won. Isn't that what the FBI memos and text messages between the lovers, Struck and Page, showed? We'll have an insurance policy. Don't worry. He'll never win. But if he does, there's an insurance policy. And that is, of course, the investigation, the spying that started while the campaign was still just a campaign and not a transition team into the White House. They started trying to impeach him before he came to office. Think about how hard that is to do. 
Think about how dedicated you have to be, how devoted you have to be to lawlessness, to partisanship, to the destruction of democracy, to be planning to usurp the presidency before the candidate has even won it. That's what they did. So anything you hear today in the coverage about why the Democrats are going to consider uh, impeachment, we don't have any choice now, Uh, you know, Mueller isn't testifying, Barr isn't testifying under the strange, uh, not Mueller, uh, excuse me, McGahn isn't testifying, Barr isn't testifying under the strange uh, new rules that we tried to uh, to put in play here where uh, congressional attorneys can question him rather than just the members of Congress themselves. You know, all all of this stuff, all of this 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 show we have to impeach now is just that it's a show. They're not impeaching because McGahn isn't testifying or because Barr has only agreed to testify under normal circumstances, not under special circumstances with uh, White House, or excuse me, with uh, congressional attorneys doing the questioning. Understand, they were planning on, on impeaching him before he took office. They were planning on impeaching him when he took office, and they have been planning on impeaching him ever since. All the Mueller investigation was what? Just, just put two and two together. You got this. That was looking for a reason. We knew we were going to file impeachment articles against him before he ever put pen to paper. We knew we wanted to impeach him back on June 15th, 2015, when he came down that dang escalator in Trump Tower to announce his candidacy and said that we're going to build a wall so that Mexican drugs and rapists and stuff can't keep coming in. We knew then we were going to impeach him. Make no mistake, This what is going on right now is we are going to impeach him. We simply need a reason. Bob Mueller, take all of the money you need. Take all the time you need. Find us a reason. Bob Mueller couldn't find a reason. Too bad. We're doing it anyway. So anything you hear today about this impeachment, being Don McCann won't testify, it's a cover-up, uh, It is um, uh, uh, the administration is, is not being transparent, uh, they're denying oversight, and so on, and so on, and so on. It's all garbage. It's all trash. It's all crap. This is, we lost an election we never should have lost, we never expected to lose, and then this guy came in and did exactly what we expected him to. He undid so much of the Obama, quote-unquote, legacy, and is continuing to try to undo more from the regulations that are now deregulated, from the Iran nuclear deal, which is now a torn-up Iran nuclear deal, from the Paris Climate Accord, that is now the torn-up, from the mandate, individual mandate, to buy health insurance, which is now removed, from the uh, higher taxes, which are now lower taxes, from the manufactured jobs that we were told that we had to just give up on getting back because they couldn't come back by Obama, to them being back. I mean, literally everything Barack Obama did and tried to do is has been undone by Donald Trump. So the impeachment here... Is, is simply something that they knew was going to happen because they knew what Donald Trump was going to do. He hasn't done anything since he's been in office to deserve this treatment, but all he did was win. He won. The president of the United States won, and that's the reason they're trying to destroy him. By the way, the president has, this is kind of a breaking story, the president has sent a letter to Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer regarding 
the USMCA trade deal. Uh, so this happening this morning, apparently, before Nancy and uh, the gang go into impeachment discussions. The president writing in a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer, before we get to infrastructure, it is my strong view that Congress should first pass the important and popular USMCA trade deal. The letter sent to congressional leaders ahead of this morning's meeting with Democrats, at which President Trump was expected to unveil a way to fund a $2 trillion infrastructure proposal. The White House wants to pass the new Mexico-Canada trade deal, but Democrats still have a number of concerns about various provisions. So summary in that news report that you just heard from Fox, the president's going to keep working. Yeah, he'll occasionally fire off the tweet about the idiot Dems harassing the president and try impeachment for no reason, but the president's going to keep working. He's going to continue to try to get things done. And from what I can see, honestly and truly, he's about the only one. He's about the only one because Democrat leadership in the House has essentially abandoned all work protocols. They have abandoned all um uh, uh of their their congressional responsibilities to provide legislation to work on budgets, et cetera, et cetera, that they're supposed to do for the two years of this Congress. They have abandoned it all in favor of a full two-year investigation, a second two-year investigation because they didn't get the results they wanted from the first one. And now, of course, like I said, Nancy Pelosi is all set to meet with uh, her fellow Democrats in the caucus to discuss impeachment. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the president's press secretary. Obviously, hopefully they're going to have a come to Jesus moment where they realize what a terrible idea this is. There is no basis whatsoever for impeachment. The Mueller report was conclusive. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction. It's time to move forward and get some stuff done. All of that. It's exactly why they're doing it, Sarah. That's exactly why they're doing it. The Mueller, Mueller report did not find collusion nor obstruction that they could prove. And so the Democrats have to start from scratch and redo the entire thing. They want to do over. They want to do over. More from Sarah. Democrats have got to uh, work with us on that. They need to work with us to get the USMCA deal uh, finished, voted on, and passed through Congress. It's something that benefits our farmers, right. our workers. All right, so there's a, there's a lot of ground to cover there. We know what they're up to. We're going to talk about it with you. We're going to talk about some of this with Kurt Schlichter coming up at 1010. Phone lines are open now at 216-901-0945. Guest free in hour number one. 888 will get you online as well, or on the air, rather. And you can also, of course, text me, or excuse me, comment to me by way of Twitter and Facebook on the two most disgusting, reprehensible platforms available today. Uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio is what it is. That's where you'll find me on Twitter and Facebook. Give me your thoughts. We'll read them on the air as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. Now, Inc. All right, it is 926. We continue on AM 1420, The Answer. So I want to throw this in real quick here. Um, as it pertains to, you know, the Democrats' reasons, they don't need reasons. They've been planning to impeach for uh, the last two years, as I noted. But uh, as they look for reasons or try to use reasons to say why we have to do this, lawlessness must be acted upon, blah, blah, blah including uh, A.G. Barr. William Barr, the Attorney General, said yesterday, and I thought it was really great that he cleared this up, a really great and important thing to clarify. His actions in terms of denying 
the subpoena to come and testify before the House Judiciary Committee after testifying already before the Senate Judiciary Committee because of their uh, ridiculous request for uh, lawyers to be able to ask the questions. You know, it's being it's he's being accused of trying to be the president's personal attorney. And William Barr essentially says, yeah, that's true, I am. But not this president. The president. The general office of president needs to be protected here. And that's what he's doing. He said his handling of the Mueller report and its aftermath, including his decision not to testify before the House Judiciary Committee, were about protecting the executive branch rather than personal support for one particular executive. Quote, I felt the rules were being changed to hurt Trump, and I thought it was damaging for the presidency over the long haul. He told the Wall Street Journal this in El Salvador in an interview published on Monday, uh, just coming to light today in a lot of places. Uh, he talked about, uh, at every grave juncture, this quote, the presidency has done what it's supposed to do, which is to provide leadership and direction. If you destroy the presidency and make it an errand boy for Congress, we're going to be a much weaker and much more divided nation, end quote. Democrats continue to accuse him and, uh, you know, Barr and Trump of trying to stonewall and obstruct congressional oversight duties. And uh, that, of course, was, you know, ramped up, those allegations, when uh, White House counsel Don McGahn uh, defied the congressional subpoena to testify as well, to redo or give the do-over that they want uh, for, the, for the Mueller report. But uh, Barr is saying, no, you can't do this to a president, to the presidency. If a precedent is said here, that's precedent, P-R-E-C-E, precedent. If a precedent is said said here uh, that this is what you can do to try to take down the president, take down a president, and, as he said, kind of make him make the president uh, simply a rubber stamp errand boy for the, for the Congress, the presidency and thus the country are weakened for, you know, Lord knows how many generations to come. It is extraordinarily important that the president not be subjected to this type of harassment and these type of nonstop investigations for now what is going on two and a half years and apparently is going to be four solid years, uh, especially as we get into the congressional or excuse me, congressional, the election cycle. Um, you just can't do this going forward. Um, Barr said people have to find out what the government was doing during that period. And he's speaking specifically of the origins of the Russia probe, back when Barack Obama was still the president, back when Loretta Lynch was still in charge at the DOJ, and back when James Comey was in charge of the FBI. What was the government doing during that period? If they were so worried about foreign influence, for the very same reason we should be worried about whether government officials abused their power and put their thumb on the scale. He said, I'm not saying that happened, but it's what we have to look at. Uh, he also said to the Wall Street Journal, that he specifically expressed a desire, rather, to focus on developments between Election Day 2016 and the inauguration 2017, saying some very strange developments took place in that time. Quote, I think there's a misconception out there that we know a lot about what happened. The fact of the matter is Bob Mueller did not look at the government's activities. He was looking at whether or not the Trump campaign had conspired with the Russians. But he was not going back and looking at the counterintelligence program. And we have a number of investigations underway that touch upon it. That's huge. I am so glad to know that Bill Barr is on the case and that he's not a glory hound like James Comey and others and publicizing it and out there telling everybody, just get the work done, get the investigations done, and get some answers. That's what the American people deserve. 
All right, if you're on hold and I do see some people there at 216-901-0945, stay there. I'll come to your phone calls next as we continue on AM 1420 The Answer. The Answer. 9.35 on AM 1420 The Answer. We've got some people on hold. I do have some other stories that I want to get into, including yesterday's pro-death marches, uh, rallies held all over the country in order to support the killing of babies. Infanticide is a popular thing among those on the left today. And, uh, yeah, they made sure it was known, carrying signs uh, about uh, don't don't limit our rights to kill babies. All right, I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating, but it's what they should have said, right? I even posted that on a comment on, on uh, Cleveland.com under their Facebook page as uh, they talk about the big pro-choice rallies and the you know abortion rights rallies. Stop the bans. They're carrying signs that say stop the bans. Why don't they just come clean and hold signs that say what they mean? I'll kill who I want when I want. Put that up on the sign. That's the same thing as stop the bans. My body, my choice. Why don't you just write, I don't care about babies' bodies? Why don't they put signs up that say, I'll dismember whatever I want as long as it's in my body? I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're absolutely disgusting. They're absolutely ghoulish. And they're trying to portray themselves as the victims. They're the victims. The pro-abortionists, the party of death, they're the victims. These terrible, awful, horrible conservatives and pro-lifers, they're the perpetrators of the crimes. How dare you try to save the lives of babies that are being slaughtered in horrific, incredibly painful ways. How dare you? That's what they've managed to do. We'll get back into that, though. But right now, let's go to the phone calls. Jan has been waiting in Greater Cleveland to uh, get on the air, and she now is. on AM 1420, The Answer. Jan, go ahead. Okay, it is just shameful what these Democrats are doing. Their power, their struggle for power, and their lust for power—they are damaging this the United States. This is a black mark on on our country, and they're going to do it and do it and do it. So people are just so tired of this is what they plan to do. But I think uh, they might just be surprised that people will see how disgusting and shameful they are and realize that they are there for socialism and communism and. Uh, Bernie Sanders, he's such a communist-loving uh, person, and these millennials just have to be woken up that they have been—they're ignorant and brainwashed. And on behalf of all the people who died for freedom in this country, that they are t- trying to grasp all the power, and the people will just be the, the underling proletariats. Uh, on behalf of them, I just thank God for Donald Trump. Well, you know what? I do, too. That, that, that's something that I've been really, really, you know, as we ramp up into this new election cycle now, even though they're still fighting to overturn or undo the last election, I've been doing the exact same thing. I've been saying, you know, we really do owe Donald Trump a great debt of gratitude. We we have to thank him because of everything that Jan just said is exactly right. The only weapon we have to fight back right now is Donald Trump. And if we had not had him in that field of 17 Republican challengers in the primary, if we had not had him, 
I cannot predict for you. I cannot explain to you or describe to you how this country would look right now. I, I dare I say you would not recognize it. If Hillary Clinton had won, if Hillary Clinton, I don't think any other Republican in that field, which again, this is hindsight. At the time, I said Ted Cruz can beat her because I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I don't think anybody could have beaten her. And if, and if Trump had not been there to do that, she would be president. Obama's third term may be worse than that. All of the things that he did would have been built upon. This country would be not recognizable. And so, yeah, we owe Donald Trump a massive debt of thanks. I said before, if he accomplishes nothing, let's say we just have stagnancy. If we are stagnant between now and the end of of this term, he will still have gone down as one of the greatest presidents we've ever had because of one thing. He stopped Hillary Clinton. Clinton. You've got to understand that. I mean, first of all, the economic growth, the lower taxes, the regulation, we had sit here and list all of the accomplishments, and that's, and that's great. But I'm saying, even if he hadn't done anything and we were just stagnant, just kind of held the status quo, didn't get any better, but didn't get any worse, it would be thankful. We would be thankful, and we should recognize the greatness of, of his accomplishments because of the fact that it couldn't get any worse because Hillary did not have the office. Crazy? It's, it's really just that simple, though. We owe him so much for that. North Royalton uh, is where we find Pete on AM 1420, The Answer this morning. Hi, Pete. Go right ahead. Bob, God bless you, and thank you for what you do. I really mean that. Thank you, sir. Uh, um, I, uh, if, if, if Mr. Mr. Barr is so bad, what, the, what, will we, what, would, what will we call Mr. Holder? You know, the wingman of Mr. Obama. Right. Well, that's what he—that's what he called himself. He called himself the wingman. <laughs> and, what, and what about Alice Lerner, who pleaded the fifth? Lois Lerner. Oh, Lois Lerner. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, Lois yeah you're exactly yeah. right. What, what about what about her? And and what you said about Donald Trump? Thank God for he, that he's president. Yes, I do because I do thank God because these are these people are globalists. They're globalists, and they want to destroy this country. They want to destroy our sovereignty. And if you heard the speech that Nancy Pelosi gave in London, it made my it made my blood curl. It, it's just disgusting and sickening. And like you brought up before the before the hour, you started the second the second half. The the baby butchers they promote homosexuality. They promote the, the, the destruction of the American way of life, and they're a disgrace to the to the Democratic Party. They make me sick. Well, I I, I would agree with every word you said there, Pete, except for the fact that they're a disgrace to the Democratic Party, because I don't think that's true. I think the Democratic Party is proud of them, not disgraced by them. I think they're uh, that's what they're all about. That's why I call them the party of death. Well, if you look back and see with John F. Kennedy or Harry Truman, they weren't that way. That is true. That is true. There was a time when the Democrat Party did not represent as much radicalism and extremism, but I would go back prior to John F. Kennedy and just look at the history, the large history of the Democrat Party being the party that opposed civil rights, being the party that opposed uh, the the emancipation of the slaves, for crying out loud, being the party that is responsible for the KKK and all the rest. You know, it, it, it really has always been that kind of a reprehensible party, even though they did have some decent people trying to do good things, including President Kennedy, former President Kennedy at that time. Pray for the country, Bob. Pray for the country. That's all I no can No doubt say. about it. No doubt about it, Pete. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. You know, it's funny when people talk about the, when people talk about the, um, uh, 
uh, former president, you know, saying, hey, this this party is not recognizable. The party of Kennedy is not recognizable. Isn't it kind of funny how we 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 talk about President John Kennedy in such ways, and yet the Kennedy that was supposed to follow him to the White House, Ted Kennedy, very, very different. And it makes me wonder. And I and I say this not to inflame anyone by talking about the legacy of an assassinated president, but I wonder how we would think of JFK had he been able to serve a full or two full terms. I wonder if he would have been able to maintain um, the moderacy and the pro-American type of narrative and agenda that he that he did that he started out with. Uh, I just wonder because I look at what Ted Kennedy became, the lion of the left in the Senate, and uh, everything that he did to, in my estimation, harm this country. I just wonder. I don't know. I, I wonder if JFK. Uh, if his uh, what we know of what he did while he was alive deserves all of our respect, and we can say that's when the Democrat Party had a little bit of a different uh, lean to it, and it's one that we would not you know recognize, like I said today. But I wonder had he been able to serve four years or eight years, if uh, that would be the same thing we would say about him. Just only because, like I said, the way Teddy Teddy turned out, uh, it's uh, you know it's a different type of animal altogether. Uh two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. I mentioned I want to get uh, get to this about the uh, the abortion stories yesterday. The the uh, stop the bans. You know, of course, we've had a number of states. What do we have? I don't have them all in front of me, but this Ohio, of course, signed our heartbeat bill. But uh, Governor Dewine did. Brian Kemp signed it down in Georgia. Missouri passed one that's at eight weeks. They're not. I don't know if that necessarily says heartbeat or just no abortions after eight weeks because the heartbeat's going to be detected sometime between weeks six, seven, and eight. But I think Missouri's is that way. Alabama's is, does not have a uh, a limitation on terms of the number of weeks. Alabama just passed a, hey, it's illegal for doctors to perform abortions, period, unless the life of the mother is in jeopardy, which is big, by the way. Life of the mother as opposed to health of the mother because we know that can be spun and that can be used and that can be twisted and turned in a lot of different ways. Um. So so this is what they were railing against yesterday, all of the bans. At least a dozen states, I think, and I didn't name them all, of course, have enacted new limitations of abortion to some some degree or another. So they're hold, holding all of these rallies yesterday. They did it in Cleveland on Public Square. Let's kill babies. Leave us alone while we kill babies. It's our responsibility to kill babies if we want to. It's our constitutional right to kill babies, um, essentially, is what they were all saying, even if they didn't use those exact words. I want you to hear the words of... Senator Maisie Hirono. Crazy Maisie from Hawaii. You may recall her from her insanity. During the Kavanaugh hearings, she was one of the lead attack dogs in trying to destroy Brett Kavanaugh, which, by the way, I'm, I'll get to Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. I have a story on them uh, that we need to discuss as well. But staying on Crazy Maisie here on abortion, she appeared... Um, in Washington, D.C. at one of the Stop the Ban rallies yesterday. And for some strange reason, was using a megaphone instead of a microphone when it looked like there were microphones right around her, but she was screaming into a megaphone about experiences that she had had with junior high students. That's right. Crazy Maisie, and I'll let you hear this, Crazy Maisie told the crowd that she went and worked on junior high girls, telling them 
hey, kids, don't worry about getting pregnant. We're going to fight to continue your, uh, uh, to fight for your abortion rights. That's right. Children, eighth graders, listen to Crazy Maisie for yourself. Literally, Supreme Court, Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, are you listening? It's a little hard to tell, like I said, because she's using a bullhorn or a megaphone for some reason. But she just said, Judge Kavanaugh, and, uh, and maybe she said Gorsuch, are you listening? As they talk about Roe versus Wade, of course. But here's the rest. I from a public school in Hawaii, and I told them I was coming to a rally in front of the Supreme Court, and they said, why? And I said, it's because we are, we have to fight for abortion rights, and they knew all about it. And I asked the girls in that group of eighth graders, how many of you girls think that government should be telling us women when and if we want to have babies? Not a single one of them raised their hands. And then... I'm going to pause that there because you have to just to you know clarify all of these things. This uh, psychotic senator from Hawaii, Maisie Hirono, said that she asked all of the eighth grade girls if the government should be telling us when and where we can have babies. And she said not a single one of them put up their hand. Last time I checked, the government isn't telling you when or where you can have babies. All the government is doing by representing the people of this country is telling you that you can't kill babies. You don't have to have babies at the government's order. And if you don't want to, stop getting pregnant. Stop getting pregnant when you don't want to be pregnant. Be more responsible. Modern medical technology has provided more methods for women to avoid being pregnant than there have ever been before. Modern medical technology exists to make getting pregnant by accident almost something that's impossible if all you're doing is just being moderately responsible. Be responsible in your choices as to where, and and this goes for the male too, of course, between the man and the woman, The two of them have so many options to make sure that there's not an unplanned pregnancy happening. The only thing we're talking about is if it does happen, and there's now a third party involved here. There's father, there's mother, and there's baby involved. The baby has rights, too. And she's telling eighth graders, do you want the government to tell you when you can have babies and when you shouldn't have to have babies? It's nothing to do with the subject at hand, and Crazy Maisie knows it. But she's just playing on the stupidity and the ignorance of two groups of people, eighth-grade kids and pro-abortion people uh, outside the Supreme Court yesterday. boys who are there among the 60, I said, you know, it's kind of hard for a woman to get pregnant without you guys. How many they got it. How many of you boys think that government should be telling girls and women when and if we're going to have babies and not a single one of them raised That's because they knew how freaking stupid what you were saying was. Boys, how many of you think that the government should be telling girls, by the way, she said girls, not women, girls and women, when and if they should have babies? They realize that you're an idiot. Crazy Maisie. Because nobody's telling you when and if you should have babies. They're just saying you can't kill babies.
Stop changing the story. Stop changing the narrative. I'll get to more of that and others like her coming up as we continue. Uh, let me get a quick time out, though, right now. It's 9.51. If you're on hold, stay there. Coming to you on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Included. All right, it's 9.55, AM 1420. The answer, we'll get a couple of uh, phone calls in here before the top of the hour. Also, do not forget, we've got Kurt Schlichter coming up at the top of hour number two, senior columnist at townhall.com. We're going to hit a lot of different issues with Kurt. Uh, but Lisa's in Cleveland. Thanks for waiting, Lisa. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Um, hi, Bob. Love the show. Thank uh, you. Yes, uh, my, my call was um, yesterday after I had heard um, our senator, uh, Rob Portman, um, on, the, on the news um, touting his new bill that he's working on with a Democrat for retirement and basically saying that everyone in Ohio is, um, you know, against what Trump is doing with China. I called his office and I said, you know, the people I hang around with, we're willing to pay a little bit extra money. And, and I said, why is this man taking time to be writing bills about a retirement plan when all hell's breaking loose on our border? And I said, I have a relative that works in Homeland Security, and I say, they told me if I knew what was going on down there and saw what was going on down there, I wouldn't sleep at night. And so they, they really had no answer for me. And, and I said, and now they're going to take 11 days off to be in their districts? So yeah, my, right. my thinking is, right now, I feel like the, the Republicans are doing nothing. They're not representing us either. So why don't we organize like the Democrats do? And when these people are at their districts next week... We should be protesting because we got to fight back because these Republicans are doing nothing. And I just basically said Rob Portman is in bed with Wall Street and K Street and all that. And I go, he wants the cheap later labor. They didn't even defend the man. So what does that tell you? But I'm just really disgusted because right now, if there was a third party, I would seriously think about voting for them because I think the Republicans are just as much a disgrace as the uh as the Democrats are. And that's just basically all I had to say. Thank you. Well, with the, Lisa, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Listen, I'm going to speak more specific to the Republicans as a whole as opposed to Portman or anybody individually. They're in a bad situation right now, but they don't necessarily deserve our pity for it. They're in a bad situation right now because, especially on the House side, they don't have any power. The House is controlled by the Democrats. Committee chairs are all Democrats, obviously, a majority leadership and the Speaker, they're all Democrats. And so they can't get anything done when 95% of the time that is being spent in committees is being spent on investigating Trump and relitigating everything having to do with the Mueller investigation. The Republicans can't get anything done if they wanted to because they don't have any leadership uh, in the in the House of Representatives. Um, and they cannot convince their, their Democratic colleagues, the leaders, to actually deal with some of these things. So that, that's number one. Um, number two, in, in, in large part about what you said, I agree. Most of us are willing to spend a little bit of extra money right now during this trade war, during these tariffs and so on and so forth, to get a bigger slice of the pie later. That's what this is all about. President Trump knows he's not playing a short game here. You know, the president has instituted these tariffs because for decades and decades and decades, we have been taken advantage of by our quote-unquote trading partners. 
they are ju- they're making you know 10 11 12 15 times more in profit than we are from trade it's imbalanced not balanced and it and speaking of decades you've heard this right a lot of people have heard this it's floated its way around the internet over the course of the last couple of weeks it's probably something i should share with you on the radio donald trump speaking with uh uh david letterman on the letterman show back in 1987 Long before, of course, he became a candidate for president of the United States, Donald Trump was speaking the same story, telling the same story, singing the same tune. Say that however you want to say it. But listen to what he told David Letterman way back in 1987. Uh, and, and what about the uh, are, are people trying to draft you to run for president up in New Hampshire? Well, I guess a lot of people want to see this country. Uh, it's, it's a shame what's happening. Japan, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, they're all, everybody's taking advantage of the United States. People know that if certain people are running a country, that it won't happen. I mean, when you look at Japan not paying for the defense. We're defending Japan. We're losing billions and billions of dollars. We're fighting for AIDS help and for farmers and for this and that. And it's a shame. And, and the Japanese folks, who I respect greatly, but they're not, they're not treating us fairly. They're really not treating us fairly. Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, they're not paying us anything for the services we're rendering. And I think it's a disgrace. And I think people look at certain people, and maybe me, if, that, if I were in a position, this country, believe me, would not be ripped off like it is and it, it is just being ripped off so badly by our so-called allies that yeah. was 1987 and here we are in 2019 and what is donald trump doing the same tune we're being ripped off and i'm going to stop us from being ripped off that's why he's doing this long-term benefit to the american people in terms of our trade imbalance in terms of the cost of goods and services and so on and so forth we will be better off are you willing to suffer a little bit by paying a little bit extra in the short term i think we should be because the big game here the big picture is so much better for the united states of america all right it's 10 o'clock we'll get a quick time out here check our news kurt schlichter joins us next on am 1420 the Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.